0: Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast. Simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better. Helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh, Rob, and Austin Wilson. All right.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future today. Josh, we're going to be talking... About the big question, big question. That everyone is talking about. I mean, it's buzzing like bees. Yes. Is another bear market coming?
2: Okay. Bear market.
1: Every time I
2: hear that in my head, you know the picture of dogs playing poker. Well yeah. Right. Bear market always you know, you got the traders on the floor with their little headphones and their papers and I picture bears running around doing that. So a bear market, <laughs> that's what's in
1: my head. Not like a, a bear market. Not like a market There's of bear meat. meat. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Market a bear meat bear might meat. scare off our PETA listeners. That's true. But that's true. we don't typically cater to those <laughs> three people <laughs> anyway. So anyway, no, I've not really considered talking about it like bears running the market. They, In they fact, run. nowadays, you can do everything you know electronically, so those pits don't really get as that's much true. mojo as they used to. But anyway, that's not exactly what we're talking about today. We are going to be talking about whether or not another bear market is coming and you know we're sitting here recording this on the day where the dow's down over 900 points yep and everything's down two percent or more it seems fitting it seems like a great question so josh I mean, we're probably
2: in a bear market right now right that's
1: that leads me to my next question oh josh okay. what is a bear market
2: oh, good question so a bear market is generally thought of the kind of generalization is a 20 percent drop from an all-time high
1: 20 20 percent two zero. zero it's a 20%. very round number that someone right. arbitrarily picked at some point That's right they said that feels like a bear <laughs> that feels like a bear i don't know and that's opposed to another term we heard is like a, a correction. correction is 10 gotcha so about half of that so a
2: bull market on the other direction is 20 percent up from below so bull market is good Bear market is bad. Twenty percent down. Notice the twenty percent both directions.
1: We like we like twenty percent. Yes.
2: So so a bull market is generally thought of as twenty percent down from an all time high. Bear market. Yes. I'm sorry. Bull bear market is down. And so does that happen all the time? What, yeah. You know what? What do we think about now? We just experienced one. True. We had a more than twenty percent drop last year in 2020. But let's think historically
1: speaking, Austin. What do we got? So numbers. We like numbers. Numbers That's guy. Enough. So there have been 26 bear markets since 1929. And that was a very rough time for the stock market, Mm -hmm. if we recall. But 26 bear markets since then. That means that historically, all the way back to 29, Mm -hmm. there's been a bear market, so a 20% drawdown, once about every five years. Now, the caveat being that since World War II, it's been less frequent. However, looking back to that data set, it's been once about every five years. So generally speaking... Bull markets have far outlasted bear markets, and that really is evident when you look at the overall long-term stock chart. It's gone up into the right in yeah. general. That does not mean they don't happen because they surely do. Um, but generally speaking, bull mar- markets last a lot longer. Bear markets can be very short; they can be as short as about six months or so, which we can attest to, yeah, last <laughs> as we remember year. last year. Yep. Or they can last years. You know, you can have a slow sell-off mm-hmm. that takes years. Of decline, and then even more years before you're, you know, recovered to where you were beforehand. This is not the case recently. This this last specific COVID nineteen mm-hmm. sell off and recovery has been very very fast. But prior ones, I'm thinking global financial crisis specifically. That's
2: 2008.
1: Yeah, 2008, 2009. That was a very long sell off, mm-hmm. six months, a year, and then years before we recovered to all time highs from there. So yeah. and so.
2: Just as a reference point, so the market, let's take it 08, 09, 2008, 2009, the global financial crisis, the market dropped a total drop of, I think it was down like 53%. Yep. That happened over a six plus month time period. And then it was another three-ish years before the market recovered. Correct. So we're in a bear market that whole time because we've yet to have that 20% growth to get to that bull market, Is Yeah, that right? well,
1: the, so the bull market timing, when you're technically in a bull market, you can't, you can only, re, you have to retroactively say when the bull market started. Yeah, We don't know. You don't know until you've actually eclipsed those highs. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the highs, you look back and you say, okay, the bottom was when the bull market started. Yep. However, that's really, it's really a hard thing to do. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. You so, never
2: know when you're in it.
1: You know after it's over. Technically, because you can
2: like and lows and back to the
1: highs. It's like okay. a recession, which, side note, doesn't relate to a bear market here, but there certainly was one during this time. But the National Bureau of Economic Relations, the NBER, mm-hmm. who is officially the one who calls um, whether we're in a recession or not. Do they
2: use a landline to call? Yeah, them, or physically,
1: that, um, yeah, yeah, it's a physical line. You ha- And you can't answer on a wireless phone. You That's have right. to answer on a corded phone. Um, but they they announced today, so we're recording this, on the 19th of July. Yes. They announced today that the... They called a recession starting in February of 2020 mm-hmm. due to COVID, yes. okay? They announced today that the recession ended. So they announced in July of 2021 that the recession ended in April of 2020. Okay. And it was two months. Historically speaking backwards. And it <laughs>
2: felt like we were in a lot worse there. Exactly. The rest of it. Okay. So anyway, historic, so these really are all historically a, speaking. In bear markets, bull markets, it's really like you said, a historical reference point while you're going through them, you, you don't really under, know at any point in time where you're at because, you know, again, we're on our way down. Could it stop here? Could it keep going? We don't know. exactly. So we could be in a start of a 20% down which would turn into a bear market. Yep. We don't know. Or it could turn around and hit all-time
1: highs again and reset that whole thing. Because you're always counting it off of peaks and troughs. Peaks and troughs. So like, we were just last week at all-time highs Mm-hmm. And then so any bear market number would be off of those all-time uh-huh. highs. Yep. And then once, it's, once things bottom, any bull market is measured off of the – the not all-time lows, but the period lows right yep. there. So, yeah, that's kind of exactly where we're at there. So, yeah, the last two bear markets we've had have been very different. Global financial crisis was two bear markets ago, and that was in 8 09. We A lot of us remember that, and that really scarred a lot of people in the financial markets. But, yeah. Stocks were down over fifty percent and took multiple years to rebound. The COVID nineteen sell off last year in twenty twenty very fast, mm-hmm. a little over thirty percent. Only took a handful of months to get back to all time highs, and I remember this because I made a deal that I would not cut my hair until uh, you remember that until yes, the market got back to all time highs.
2: You'd be like Rip Van Winkle. Or nope,
1: with did that not hair. happen. I had short hair, and you know it only got to the wavy, you know surfer boy stage. Yes, it's as far That's as true. it got. So focusing on time periods, like we've talked about, is key. And sure, severe market downturns have happened and probably will always happen. But over longer terms, the market has always rebounded to new highs and beyond. Look where we're at today. We're right around all-time highs, but a year and change ago, we were not. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you know, like I said, time periods are key. There has never been a 20-year period where you've lost money in the broader stock market. Now, that's not saying an individual company hasn't been down for 20 years, yep. but the broader stock market, so think about the S&P 500 or whatever, has never been down for 20 years straight. 17-ish, I think, to be exact. The actual, yep. And 99.7% of 15-year periods have been positive, 94% of 10-year periods, 88% of 5-year periods, and, check my note here, 75%. Yeah, 84% of three-year periods, 75% of one-year periods. So time is key when you're talking about all these things. So if you look at, again, this is all historical
2: data. There's no guarantee for future stuff, but we base our future assumptions off of what's happened historically because that's all we can do. So if we say, if we know three out of every four years historically ends positive, you have a positive return in three out of every four years, one out of every four years is down. Yep. Then, in the long run of investing, if you have three good years, one bad year, you should be making progress forward, and that's yes. that's really what investing is: is you just give your investments enough time to grow and to compound and earn your money. Exactly. So yeah. That's that's the whole point. The
1: time that you are invested is yeah. way more important than the little short-term movements in the market. Right. So, Josh, ask me do it. the question of the week. The question of the week. Okay, Austin.
2: Now that we know what a bear market is. Is there bear market on its way? Is it coming?
1: Yes. All right. Yes, there is yeah. another bear market. We will
2: see you guys next week. And, <laughs> oh, wait. There's more. And I'm not.
1: <laughs> I was. You know, this is not a say. This is not saying go sell, go to cash, freak you're not, you're out. Another bear day. market's coming. I'm not saying that, but the because the answer is really not that simple. While I do believe that there's another bear market coming at some point, mm-hmm. maybe some point soon, maybe some point further down the road. There's going to be another one. Yeah. We can so probably. There's a good chance
2: within the next five to seven years. Oh yeah, see a bear market. I think
1: that's a pretty that's a fair assessment. It's a pretty fair down. assessment. And so yeah, we can reasonably assume another bear market is coming. We're not necessarily now. Not necessarily soon. But someday. It can be caused by a variety of things that we've seen over the last handful we've seen. So geopolitical drama can happen, war, commodities collapsing, pandemic. That's one we just had. Those are a few. But what is working out you know, and causing this to happen behind the scenes is almost always the same. Yep. And what that is is that people who are trading stocks or institutions that are trading stocks, whether that be big institutions, retail traders, whatever, they all tend, and we are part of this, we all tend to be overly optimistic. Yep on the prospects of growth and earnings when stocks are doing well. So what that causes us to do is we buy, buy, buy. And what that buying does is it bids prices up and too fast, too soon. And that causes things to get elevated. Well, then on the flip side, people tend to be overly pessimistic Mm -hmm. when things change, when things are bad, when those instances that we talked about happen, the war, the drama about geopolitics, commodities, whatever, pandemics overly pessimistic things are we think things are going to be way worse than they actually end up being and then we actually sell things off too fast which causes the prices to go down too fast so it's a human nature thing we are too happy when things are good and we're too sad when things are bad and the truth is that the 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 reality of the market and the economy is going to be somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. so we're reactionary people and that's exactly what happens but the underlying reason that bear markets essentially happen and subsequent recoveries happen is the same we're too happy when things are going up and we're going to be just buying 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 even when maybe we shouldn't be as aggressive and we're too bearish to put it another way when things are bad and we we just bake in too much bad news into the prices yeah and
2: you know in a sense there would be zero bear markets if people didn't sell oh yeah because the on the exchange where you buy and sell stocks the price is based on what people are willing to exchange them for, right? Mm-hmm. So if no one's willing to exchange them, the price really won't move because there's no recent thing to move it from the last bit. Yeah. So that's really, like you said, it's the reactionary to what's going on. is people's reaction to it, right. which brings the word volatility Ooh, into I love this that whole word. thing, right? So volatility, which is really just the movement of, let, we're, we're talking about investing, so we're going to talk about stocks, the movement of the stock up and down. Volatility in and of itself is not bad. Right. Because moving upward involves volatility. Oh, it's of course. It's moving a direction away from where you were. Yep. And so vol- people look at volatility and think that's a bad thing. I don't want volatility. Yeah. You don't want to grow? And that's, yeah. and that's the question, right? And so the volatility, you need to understand what the range is, what kind of volatility in your investment. So if we take, for instance, Bitcoin, the volatility of a digital currency like that high. is very high. Yeah. The swings both directions are big. hmm You take something more stable like a Walmart that's been around for a while. They have pretty good cash flow. You know, they, they pay a dividend. They're a company who's, you know, kind of stable. Yep. To to put it in a general term. And again, not a recommendation for a holding or to buy or anything, but just using this as an example. Their volatility is is much smaller yeah. than what you would get if you owned a digital currency. You know and what's so, even
1: lower? What's even lower? A bond. A bond is even lower. You know volatile. what? It's a fixed debt payment. Yes. It's fixed. Yep. So that's why bonds are even less volatile than stocks. Yep. Now, I guess it's probably good. We've talked about this many times before, yep. but it's good to point out that the this volatility and bear markets are part of that. That is the reason why stocks have outperformed all other real asset classes yep. cryptocurrencies are so new we can't really put those in yep. a bucket right now but major asset classes over time mm-hmm. that's the reason stocks have outperformed because they're volatile yep. because they do have instances like corrections and bear markets semi frequently it's the risk mm-hmm. that you are You're being rewarded for for taking risk exactly yep. so that is why stocks have returned well over you know bonds and and other commodities or whatever over time
2: yeah it's like it's saying volatility and risk are not interchangeable. Correct. Volatility is the movement or the swing of the price. Risk is what you're, in a sense, putting out there or, or taking a chance of losing. Mm-hmm. They're not the same thing. And so when people say, I don't like to take risk," that doesn't mean volatility, that you don't want any volatility. It just means I need to be aware of the movements and associate that with what your goals are and say, okay, does that match? Right. So, yeah.
1: And something Nick Murray, we've talked about him before, something he said is that the risk really is not about volatility. Mm-mm. Because if your time period is long enough, volatility is irrelevant, really. Yes. It is the fact that you, if you want to be able to do what you want to do with your money and you have a certain return built in there to get there, stocks are the only way to get you that return. Yes. So the risk is not that you lose your money. The risk is that you don't have enough stocks that you're not going to grow your money to meet your goals. Yep.
2: Yeah, your your risk becomes something other than volatility. Exactly. It becomes the... Missing out on the chance to utilize that growth to meet your, all your goals. All right. Let's take a break. I have a dad joke for you that I really like. I'm excited for. Uh, it. I'm excited, too. Right. doesn't involve bears. No, it does not. But it does involve. So, at home, I took all of my watches, put them together, made them into a belt. Okay. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of time. Was belt. Waste. Waste. That's good.
1: Do you? So, I wonder. I have, yeah, I don't have enough watches. Really okay, to do that. I do you don't. wear your nice little Samsung watch, so like that's not going to get very far around your no, waist. I really i don't own a lot of watches. <laughs> I, have, I have a decent sized waist, so it's not going to work. A waste of time. That's a good one, Josh. So let's make let's boil it down to some really practical things here. Yes, and I have a feeling I already know what you're going to say because mm. you're a predictable have creature. Have answer for everything, Josh. What should we do in a bear market? It depends. Ah, oh, yes, I knew I you it. would say time. that.
2: And really, again, it comes back to. Just because you're in a bear market doesn't mean you need to make adjustments to your strategy. Hopefully, you've already taken into fact the risk or volatility that you're going to experience in your strategy, your asset allocation, that a bear market is within your tolerance to say, you know what? No one likes to see that movement downward. No one's happy that it's moving down. But you say it. I'm comfortable with it. I know what my goals are and I'm comfortable with where I'm at. Now, depending on your age, the ability to tolerate that risk may vary. Absolutely. If you're you're young and you're adding money in, and this is key, so bear markets, downturns, for anybody adding money in is actually a good thing. Good thing. All right? Because you're now buying the same thing at a lower price. Yeah. And and an exaggerated lower price. Yes.
1: So like, these prices get lower than they should.
2: Yeah. So if it's a $10 stock... And you see a 20% drop. 20% off of that is $2. So you're at $8. Yep. So now I'm buying the same company that was worth $10 per share for $8. And realistically, if I'm buying into I think they're going to be around. So they're probably going to at least get back to $10. And so I'm buying them on sale, knowing that they're going to grow back to that. Hopefully more. Yeah. But you know, that's really what this is about. And so bear markets give you the opportunity to buy great companies at a discounted price. Right. So if you are young and you're adding money into the market, that's great. Uh, dollar cost averaging is something we talk about. That's where you add money in periodically through a set time mm-hmm. frame. 401ks, great example of that. They take money out of your paycheck every time you get paid. goes right in there if you're having your contribution. You're averaging in. You're buying no matter what's going on. Yep. Doing so gives you a better long-term return than if you tried to pick choose when that was going right. to happen. No one's good at that. So young people, bear markets is actually a good thing for you when you're adding money in. If you're older, retirees, you know, that's a little bit more stressful because you're probably withdrawing from the portfolio. Oh, yeah. And so there's things you can do about that. But even then, hopefully you've set up a plan that you've tested for what if... Because the, the what if isn't there, it's when, right? We just yeah. talked about that. It's going to so happen. On average, you're going to get it every five-ish years. So I'm hopefully going to have more than a five-year retirement When the market goes down, how does that impact my long-term success? Hopefully, you've already worked through that. Now, there's some things you can do. There's one that we like to do with clients. We just call it a bear market fund. So when a bear market shows up, you have a portion of your investments in a more conservative bucket that doesn't have that volatility, doesn't have that drop of 20%, where you can turn and start withdrawing from there. Mm -hmm. So you're not taking money out from that thing that's down 20-plus percent. That's the
1: key right there. Yeah. Don't sell things in, in
2: the bottom. Yes. But and again, coming back to it, if you're doing these long term projections for retirement planning, you factored in those ups and downs that if you have to take it out, you know, you already planned it in. But what we see in real life is one, it's nice to have something that's not down to draw from. Two, a lot of people will make adjustments. Yeah. Last year, and again, COVID's a bad example because you weren't really allowed to do much traveling, right. things weren't open. But we do see when there's a downturn, oh eight, oh nine. You maybe cut back on your travel. You don't do as much vacation. You make some adjustments to your living expense so you Mm -hmm. don't spend as much. Some people even choose to go back to work to offset some of those withdrawals with some income. And then your spending order matters. You know, there's kind of this first, you take when markets are positive, you take from your stock growth. That's the piece that you first draw from. If markets are positive, then you go to your next positive piece, which is usually bonds, draw from there. If you don't have any growth out of those or positive returns, you then go to your cash, take out of whatever cash you have. If you still need withdrawals, you swing back around and start taking out in the reverse order the things that are down less, which would be bonds again, and then you end up back at stocks at the very end. If you have to, go through all those, you'll draw from your stocks, which are down the most. So there's a spending order and a distribution concept that you says, okay, where do I pull money from?
1: And this is an example, especially for those who are, you know, more in the retiree side of the spectrum of investing of this is why you keep your asset allocation in line with what you would expect and rebalance frequently, because that prepares you for things like a bear market in the equity market, because you're prepared for those other we have those other options that you can draw from if needed. So that's why rebalancing is, is very important, especially as you get a little further down the road. Yep. And again, you know, if
2: you have your goals in place and you have your strategies there to match your goals, these things should have already been kind of thought out and planned for. Because again, maybe when it happens might be a surprise. Last year, I don't think anybody went into 2020 thinking we we're going to have a bear market. Things look pretty positive economically. Something triggered that bear market. So... You may be surprised when it happens, but you shouldn't be surprised from a planning standpoint that a bear market showed up. Right, And so you should say, okay, we plan for this. We have something in place. Here's what I'm going to do. It should not come as a shock. So that's, again, why we always say you need to have a good financial planner helping you along the way to talk about those future events that will happen. Right. And so that you're not forced to then panic, sell, do things that will hurt you long term just because you didn't think that's coming.
1: Selling when you don't have to sell because you're scared is one of the worst decisions yes. you can make yes. because you're going, to, you're going to do more damage than the, all the, than the years that you put together doing the right thing. Yes. You can undo it really quickly in a bad decision. Yes, definitely. Um, so I guess, yeah, summarizing what you've said, you know, for those younger people in their saving career, bear markets are a good thing. Because they're allowing you to get a discount on yep. great companies, okay? So, so yeah, if you have the opportunity and a tough equity market time comes, invest more, actually. Mm-hmm. That might be a great opportunity yes. for you to do. Uh, you know, open up a Roth, do things like that. But as you get further up the age spectrum towards retirement, your risk tolerance has likely maybe not for everyone but as likely come down a little bit so be sure that you're adjusting your asset allocations and you have options for when those times comes so you don't have to sell your equities when they're down
2: and it's not even maybe your risk tolerance went down in fact i see a lot of people as they spend more time investing their risk tolerance goes up but their goals don't require that full risk allocation right. so you know if i'm heading into retirement i may be comfortable 100% stocks because i just spent the last 30 years Accumulating that way, mm-hmm. so I've learned the ups and downs. But I may say, you know what, heading into retirement, I may need a couple of years worth in a more conservative bucket. I'm going to put that there, and it may move my allocation down, and I may be taking less risk, not because I can't tolerate it, but my goals yeah. are matching up to that. Yeah, why would which you? Is great, Well, you don't why need to take, take the risk? risk? Right? Yeah. So just again, when it comes to planning, if things were to go bad, how would I respond? Yeah. What would my emotional response be to this? Because emotions. In investing, you can't remove them. When it involves your money, you're going to be emotionally attached to it. You worked hard for that money. You're emotionally attached to that. Uh-huh. So understand that you have to factor in your emotions. What will I do if tomorrow I have $10,000 in my account and I wake up and now it's $5,000? How will I react to that? Right. Is, it's my emotional risk tolerance at the point where I'll say, oh man, that's not great, but I'm going to stick with my plan. You know, if that's not the answer, then let's reevaluate where your risk tolerance is and where your asset allocation is to say, okay, maybe we should only make sure it goes down from 10 to 7. And then you're like, yeah, that's okay. I'll feel better about that. Find that happy spot because you're better off missing out on a little bit of gains mm-hmm. and not making that bad decision. Right. That's
1: huge. All right, everyone. Two things. Number one, it is still not too late to enter our second half stock draft competition. In fact, you could enter all the way through December thirtieth or right. whatever. And you start with the same amount as everybody else so If you look at the rankings, that actually could be to your benefit right now because a a lot of people have lost money, um, ourselves included, in the first handful of weeks that this has been going on. So check out our website for details on how to do that, but it is not too late, so do not forget. And number two, as always, check out our free gift to you, a brief list of eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes meant to keep you on track to meet your long-term goals. We talk about volatility. We talk about time in the market. We talk about all of those important things. So check that out. It's free on our website. Josh, how can people help us grow this podcast?
2: Yeah, make sure you subscribe. That way, every Thursday, you'll get our most recent podcast sent right to whatever you use as your listening device. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's what you use. And if you know anybody who's was talking about bear markets, asking about bear markets, or just concerned about the market in general, share this podcast with them. And if you have any questions, thoughts, or are having trouble getting in our stock draft, shoot us an email at hello at com. All
1: right. Well, until next Thursday, have a great week. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads Podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to TheInvestedDads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh, Rob, and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principle. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.